Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Anyone charged with a criminal matter has the right to have their case heard before. A judge or judicial officer of the court is entitled to a fair and public hearing by a competent, independent and impartial court. Have strict court rules enforced such as the right of reply, rules of evidence, and be found innocent or guilty, beyond reasonable doubt. Yet, our most vulnerable can have their rights, assets, and decision-making rights removed by a public servant of the state, not a judge, in a tribunal setting that can ignore evidence and facts and determine matters as they see fit and conclude matters based on probabilities alone. Are you scared yet? Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network, and this the show tonight is in the mix. My co-host, of course, is Kaz Scaife, and we're going to be jumping into a whole bunch of things here, dealing with our friends in Australia. I want to remind everyone these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, an annual event in Washington, D.C. This year, we will be doing live Zoom video. So everybody, fix your hair, put your face on, and... <laughs> But as long as we can get out there, that's all I care about. And as soon as this, I see more and more states have come to their senses and they're lifting all these restrictions and everything, that mask wearing the whole nine yards. Um, so I'm hoping by this time next year, we will be back to normal. And I hope that at that time, Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci are in prison. But that's just me. Anyway. Um, we've, we've got a lot going on, a lot going on. Um, as if the, the tragedy of this fake virus wasn't enough. The guardianship epidemic has gone full bore. Um, it's like it was kicked into hyperdrive. And we've been dealing with the people in Australia who are facing the same criminal racketeering over there. This is human trafficking at its absolute worst. Um, we absolutely do not have any protection from these people, neither do the Australians. Uh, recently, the group got together and held a peaceful protest. Um, I want to hear about that. I want to hear what happened, what went on. And uh, with that, cause it helped me welcome Chris from Australia to our show. Chris, how you doing? Hey, Chris. Oh, hi, Marty. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, it's good morning from Australia, and it's uh, 
good afternoon from here. How how are you guys yeah. going? Well, I'm not in yeah, Jane, right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not afraid yet. you were when I didn't hear from you. And uh, oh, hold on no. here. We've got oh, no. you someone on, on here. Just, yes, I do. Hold on a second here. Sure. Hi, problem. this is Marty. This is area code 111. You're coming in on a blocked number. Who do we have here? Is it me, Therese? Oh, hey, Therese. What's up, girl? <laughs> yeah, <Hi>. okay. <laughs> I love Therese. <laughs> yeah. I'm the block number, oh. so I thought I'd say hi. Yeah, that, that, I'm glad you did, because I was about to cut that off. <laughs> but anyway, oh, uh, I'm glad to, glad to talk to you. I haven't spoken with you in just a while. and uh, But, Chris, tell me about about your protests what happened and i know you said that they were making calls to get you to stop oh to... look look there's been so much going on here we've had uh, and therese will fill you in on her dramas and her court dramas and how she has been trying to expose the hospital side of guardianship and the hospital side yes. of this racket because it is a racket um you know, yes. they, they identify a lot of the victims in Australia in hospitals and these social workers. And we have now someone, and I won't say which state, they are actually working in this particular area where um, OTs and uh, social workers are asking very intimate questions of vulnerable people coming in and they're determining whether they can snatch and grab them quickly or not. And we, yeah. um, we, we hopefully will get a lot of evidence on that because that is really vital. But Therese has been going through, um, and her brother have been going through a lot in the last week trying to expose this in, in, in court. And we, obviously, what happened with us, um, uh, we went to Sydney. I flew to Sydney and a few others flew to Sydney. There was a group of families that just had enough. They've had enough with NCAT, which is the tribunal, and uh, these families just individually wanted to protest in front of the NCAT building and then walk up to the what we call the New South Wales Trustee Guardian. Now, as we know, you know, the, the tribunals grab that power from everybody, so they grab that um, decision-making, those decision-making rights, and then they transfer mm. that person's identity to the New South Wales Trustee Guardian. Yes. Now, it sounds unbelievable, unless you see it. Now, I've always said, if someone told me this six, seven years ago, I think they're crazy. I think it, this is not how things work. These people are just out of control. But once you have witnessed this Racket. And it is, it is a racket. It is a cult. They use cult tactics and it's a racket. Once you witness it, you never forget it. Um, I'm in the process of estate planning and even, even that they can break. And it's really so scary to know that we're not safe. We're just not safe. So this, no. these families that turned up, it was one lady, her name is Yana. Uh, she hasn't seen her mother in two years. Two years. Now, okay, I know there's an issue there in the family, and I'm not criticising any family members. That's not my. That's not our role. But this lady and her and the grandson, and and the lady's grandson, her, Yana's son, they want and and the and the husband, they want to see, you know, their wife, their their mother, their grandmother, and uh -huh. um, you know, no one's even no one's even arranging a time for this poor lady to visit her mother. And um, as I, there was a, 
Oh, we'll go into that later. But there's been a lot of issues there. Then you've got, um, you know, another gentleman there who hasn't seen his son, and this is um, his name's his name's Tony, and and the wife is um, stepmum is, is Julia. Now that's a that's a really really sad story of a young disabled man who has been snatched. We and I say it, he's been snatched by the guardians. Um, and they haven't seen their son now for, I think, about six months. So he's had enough. The man was a breaking point. I saw a man just just so desperate to see his son, so so upset, Marty. You just, I've got three boys, right? And to think that someone could just come in and take my son and take for no reason, no, no testing of any allegations, you, you just look at these people and think, how do you sleep at night? Now, interestingly, the guardians that have done this, the main guardian in New South Wales, she tried to join our Facebook group and we, we stopped her. We stopped her. And oh, why would you no want to join it? Does she want to start a fight? Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. and you're seeing these people, they have such... This, the audacity of these people, the the go, how they have no fear at all, and it's quite no. scary that you're telling people, do you understand? <laughs> it is so simple for an allegation to be thrown, to be thrown in this system, and over the phone, in under an hour, you can lose your complete human rights. This member doesn't even have to see you now in Australia. It's done over the phone, and it's all in a hospital, and they can transport you, just like they did on the cattle carts in the 1940s. Now we've got an ambulance, and we transfer (laughs) this person to these warehouses, as you call them, of death, Okay, never to be seen again. And, and no one can speak about it in a show. We're not allowed to. If we, even after the death of a person now in certain states, you will be charged. These files are locked away. That's how sinister and how criminal this racket is. And I've been trying to explain to jokes. I spoke to a journalist last week and I said, you've got to understand it's, not one piece of legislation we're trying to stop. It is from the start to the end. So you've got a system where they grab you, okay, they remove your rights. So could man and the journalist said, they can't remove your rights. I said, why can't they? And they say, yeah. well, there's a court. You're not in a courtroom. Yeah. You're not in a place yeah. where you, you know your case, that you can bring in a lawyer, that you can cross-examine, that you can uh, ask for a specialist to attend. This doesn't happen in these tribunals. It's a very right. fast, nasty, cheap, junk justice. It was designed for small claims which is fine, you know, you're not going to worry about a warranty and, and prepare affidavits for a warranty, but you will when it comes to your right to live or die or where to live. Yes. I mean, this, this is not something that should be determined in half an hour over the phone. Right. And then once I said to this journalist, they've removed your rights, try getting them back. 
Try getting them yeah. back. They will put you on a hamster wheel and you will be going round and round and round in circles, complaining to everyone you can find. You know, you will you will uh, go to the law, the, to the to politicians. They will say, can't do anything. You will start knocking at the door of these ombudsman officers and they'll say, we can't touch the tribunals. You go back to the abuser, which is the tribunal system, and they won't. Um, review your case or they'll just dismiss it they will limit you going to a courtroom and this will go on for years but if you're lucky to see your loved one again if you're lucky to see your loved one again it's too late by the time you grab them back this is how sinister the system is and I keep telling I keep telling people the catch is easy to target is easy to get out is near, near impossible so these families all of us they had enough and they decided that they were going to protest and we flew in and there was a few of us and just we, we, we stood outside, uh, firstly of NCAT and that was quite subdued and we said our speeches and we filmed it and, and there was um, uh, a reporter there as well and then we walked up. Now the police were lovely, I have to say. There were police on, on, on site and they were lovely. It was all official. Um, it was all official and we had, uh, we were escorted up to, to the um, New South Wales Trustees Office and that's where we saw a group, I'd say over 100, 150 lawyers outside <laughs> just come down watching us screaming and, and, and hollering yeah. and in the end they clapped. <laughs> They clapped because they know what's going on. They know what's going on. They witness this. They can see it. One of the trustee guardians went and quietly spoke to the police officer to stop the little protest that we had out there. Okay, And the police officer said, no, this is a peaceful protest and it's within the law. And I have to commend that because at least we're allowed to have our say. Uh, we've had thousands of views on, on, online in regards to this process on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter. It's a little protest, but like I said to everyone, everything starts with a drop. It has to start with a drop and then it becomes a rainfall. And that's what we have to do because we have, and rightly so, a sceptical public thinking they can't do this. And they can, and they are doing it. And it's once you once you're on that train, once they target someone, once they identify you or a loved one, we're in trouble. We're in absolute trouble. And I received strangely after the protest, I received a call from the police, somebody else, could be the government, I don't know who it was, and they wanted all my details and my birthday and everything else. And I thought, now I'm on a list. <laughs> Now on yeah, some yeah. some official list somewhere in in Australia. So wherever I go, they'll probably tap in my name. Oh yeah, that's that's that troublemaker over there. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we're not troublemakers. We're not. I mean, I'm a mum of three kids. You know, I'm an accountant. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing. It. I run my own business. I'm. It's not like I wanted to start this at 51 years of age, but when you see this, when you see that this is orchestrated by the state and it's a very simple system this is a state and territory sanctioned abuse they have sanctioned this abuse they have set up the tribunals they have set up these public guardians and trustees they have given them 
excessive powers. There's no core process. They self-review. They self-investigate. They are immune from prosecution. It's not one area of law we're trying to rectify. It's from start, from the target, right down to the death. They have covered every base to keep you in this system and not to, to expose it. That's what they're doing here. And, they, and they've been good. They've been perfecting this from what we can see over the last 30 years. They started slowly. And I think now they are really picking up speed in these hospitals. Yeah. I am receiving, and so are others, hundreds of calls. Then last week, it was 32 calls I received from victims. Yeah. Can you please advise me? This is happening to mum. This is happening to dad. You know, this is happening to my, mm-hmm. my, my child. They're targeting kids now. NDIS, yeah. we have a, an insurance scheme now here. They're targeting children now. Your children. Yes. It's not just an elderly. Guardianship is no longer an elderly person's issue. This is young and old. Yes. Yeah. And we're seeing the same thing here, but uh, you know, Chris, mm-hmm. the thing what I'm seeing, I read voraciously every day, and watching things and movement of things. But what I'm seeing is a, a, a slow conditioning of the public here. We've had a few doctors speak out. Uh, we've had other elderly people say, "Well, you know, it's probably a good idea," but they're slowly conditioning the public to accept the idea that if you are 60 or older and you have health issues you should want to be euthanized and if you're 70 you should want to be euthanized anyway so you don't use up resources these young people need and I'm seeing more and more of this this conditioning you know here about uh, two years ago they were questioning young people on the street uh, do you think elderly people should be euthanized that they've lived long enough and it's like they had no attachment to them. You know, it, it, they didn't think about their grandmother, their grandfather, and if they did, they had yes, no attachment yes. to them. Well, they've lived long enough. You know, you can't expect to live forever, but they have been conditioned to this. And it, they, this is coming on. Yeah, it's coming on more and more. And you talked about in the hospitals. One of the things we found early on when I started working on this is that usually it was the charge nurse on the floor that had the guardian on speed dial. And this is right mm-hmm. before, now they check your assets when you move in, when you come into the hospital mm-hmm. to make sure you can pay the bill. And they would do an asset search and then the charge nurse would call their friend, the guardian, and say, we got a live one and somebody be guardianized overnight um in some bogus hearing that supposedly yep, yep. took place and then but this stuff they've all put it into place and the people that are complicit in it the people who help them do it absolutely makes me sick at my stomach uh, why yeah. would you help someone target abduct isolate and torment another human being because of your own greed and that's all this is. You also spoke about how they take the identity, and this is something we've covered extensively. This is the epitome in identity theft. They, the person they've targeted is stripped of their legal capacity. In other words, that's they wrong. are stripped of their very existence. Their name, their assets, their whole being is given to this predator standing over there. They now present themselves as the ward. And that person who got targeted at this point cannot speak 
they cannot speak up and say anything on their own behalf, they can't do it because as they far as they're it concerned, they no longer exist. You can't speak. You, you're a ghost. And um, it, but this whole thing is is set up, and, and the bar association is who put this whole thing together. And um, what we're yes. also seeing here now too is now another big push for uh, estate and uh, how to avoid estate and or conservatorship and guardianship come into our estate planning. I think these attorneys who sell these either ought to be sued for fraud because they knew what they these plans they were selling these people mm-hmm. wouldn't hold water mm-hmm. once in a probate court they discard them like they never existed. And if yep. not, they should be sued for presenting themselves to be an expert in a field in which they were not an expert. It has to be one of two things. But it, it, the estate planning isn't anything more than databasing. That's all it is. They aren't trying to help you avoid conservator or guardianship because, like I say, they know this will be discarded at will. But they're databasing yes, who's they got do. the money, where's it at, you know, what what land have you got, how much is it worth, who has access to it, um, all of these things. What your personal possessions, what jewelry do you have, you know, things that you would never – but don't do this. Don't do this. Don't go to these estate planners because you're not going to avoid anything. You'll probably get yourself pushed into the system much faster. Um, and mm-hmm. like you say, the hospital is well, a dangerous place mind. to be. I've- Yes. Yeah. Go I've ahead. been looking at that. I have been. I have been. Like many know, I'm an accountant, so I've been looking at it from uh, a protection side for my for myself. And I have, uh, in the last six months, been researching how. I, I there is a way. I won't say it on there at the moment. There is only one or two ways you can protect yourself. But yes, I agree. There's an illusion of safety here. They are selling uh-huh. an illusion to the public called. Look, I, I support powers of attorney for one reason, that it does mm-hmm. slow them down. It slowed them down with our loved one. It just slows mm-hmm. them down that one little bit. But in these tribunals, and I keep telling people that a, an order of the tribunal, okay, and they've legalized, it's legal, it's under law, an order of the, the tribunal overrides your existing powers of attorney. They've already they've got an out on everything, okay? So an order of a tribunal overrides your powers of attorney. I think that shocks a lot of people. Your yeah. advanced care directives, you know, your do not resuscitate, you know, organs, all of this, da da da, that you might have in there. A doctor can override that in a hospital. Not many people know that in Australia. That's what's quite scary. So you've got all these checks that you've gone down to your local trusted lawyer and you've said, okay, this is your powers of attorney, these are your wills, da 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 da. And you know that this is all now means nothing. Now, we have orders, we have, and we've posted them online. Uh, in one particular case, it's, it's quite horrifying. An order was made that a woman who has been deemed to have lost capacity, she can still now change her will in the presence of the public trustee. The public trustee who becomes the executor, of course, and makes a lot of money. So there is an order there. Yeah. They have already now, I saw it in my case, the public guardian made two attempts in a tribunal, and I'm still fighting this three years later with the Legal Services Board, whom are silent, by the way, uh, three years later, um, that they, our loved one, they tried to change 
the wills during a proceeding in a courtroom that would be considered perverting the course of justice in a tribunal that's just another day in a tribunal it would seem if mm -hmm. i did this if you did this we'd be jailed we'd be fined we'd be sued everything how can lawyers and this all involved lawyers how can they get away with such behavior because it's a club uh, all the talking all the people that i've met all the victims i see the same names the same groups mm. i see social workers i see select doctors i see public guardians i see public trustees i see attorney general saying I can't do anything. Politicians walking away. We see uh, tribunals. All of this, this is a little cottage industry. And someone said to me, but why would they do it? You're sitting on real estate that's doing nothing. When they liquidate that real estate, it generates economic activity and everyone gets a cut of that property. The lawyers, the accountants, the conveyances, okay, um, the public guardians, the public trustees, they all, get a, they all get a slice of that money that's sitting there. And if you don't have money, then you're a cost, because I hear this all the time. I don't have any money, Chris. I'm safe. You're, a bit, you're in far more danger. Because you don't have money, you're relying on a system that doesn't really want you to tap into the resources. So you're really at risk. And, we, and that story... Teresa's story, and Therese needs to tell you how she's been going through that process at the moment. That's why I believe Teresa's mum was isolated. I believe Teresa's mum was isolated from her trusted support. And then she died overnight. No one was there. And the isolation is the key because there are no witnesses. That's why they use this. Why else would you isolate family? So they don't see anything. So they can't report abuse. They can't do any of this. We are, in, we are living in dangerous times when they can remove your rights over the phone, you know, in under half an hour, uh, use a temporary illness, and anyone can start an application. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't stress that more to anyone, how scary it is once you've seen this system. Wow. Well, that's just it. It is. It is frightening. And here, too, Chris, um, you just don't stand a rat's chance in a decon box going into one of these tribunals. Um, again, mm -hmm. here, just like there, there's, they don't have to follow the, the rules of evidence, the code of civil procedure, because this is not a court of law. And I have the hardest time getting people to understand that. You are not in a court of law. The common law does not apply. It's statute, code, and regulations that the predators themselves have erected to game the system. Mm -hmm. And it's just uh, uh, absolutely one of the most disgusting things. But they do this stuff all the time. And I can't help but notice the similarity between what's happened there. Now you have different terms for people's capacity, you know, their employment capacity and so on. You have different terms, and maybe there's a little difference in the lingo for the legal stuff, but it's the same system. It's being done the same way, and they are doing this globally. They are. We've heard from people in Japan, from France, from Germany, New Zealand, Australia, Canada. They are doing this globally, but the one thing, and I couldn't figure out 
why it would be so prevalent in other countries. But I found that just as here in the United States, people over 60 years, 10 years ago, owned 65% of all the real wealth in this country. In these 10 years, it has dropped down to 6% of the real wealth because it's been stolen, billions every year, been stolen from them through this guardianship system. And it's the same thing there. And But this is... This is a worldwide activity, and uh, mm-hmm. there again, you know, I've mentioned before ICOR, I, it's capital letters, I-K-O-R. They sell global franchises on conservatorship and guardianship, promising fast, easy, consistent money. Gee, I wonder where that's going to come from. Oh, and I don't know about you, Chris, but I think one of the most horrendous part of this is forcing the targeted victim to pay the attorneys and the guardians who are trying to prosecute them. In Mm -hmm. what universe is that reasonable? If you've actually got a case, you actually think this person is at a disadvantage, you pay your own expenses and come against them. Mm -hmm. But to make the person you are prosecuting, and this is a prosecution, you're being prosecuted for being old. To make them mm-hmm. pay you to do so That's is right. absolutely yeah. disgusting. And yet we state and federal legislators look the other way. Why, they never heard of such a thing. Well, nobody told them it must be an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to look into this, and then you don't hear a word from them. And the ones you do hear from go, I can't believe this is going on. Yeah, it's going on. Why didn't you know it? But um, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, this is a sick system. It is run by predators. This isn't about people's capacity or anything else, and it used to be competency. Uh, They would administer, and of course, when I was first in this, Chris, honest to God, everybody without exception was bipolar. They were incompetent, (laughs) every one of them. I have no idea so many elderly people were walking around bipolar, and particularly if they had a large estate. Why they had huh. bipolarism times 10. And Love we that. brought that out numerous times. They changed <laughs> I think we can define it. Yeah. They changed it to capacity. Capacity is yeah. a far more fluid term, and it can mean anything. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with your functional ability. Are you able to handle some of your daily tasks, but maybe not all of them? This is where supported decision-making comes in. You have friends and community members who come in and help you do certain tasks. It doesn't mean that you're so dysfunctional that you need to be locked up in one of these warehouses while you're robbed. But they're fighting that. But on the other side of that, the Bar Association is trying to rebrand guardianship as supported decision-making guardian there to make sure everything goes. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, but it's just, it, this is one of the sickest things. But we, you know, and it, that has hung in my mind, Chris, ever since you said it, they're hunting us. They are hunting us. Mm-hmm. They, are. they are. They are. Yes, they are. They are hunting Hello, ladies. Therese. I was just had a, yeah, a coffee. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to all this, and it's just bringing back nightmares, which comes in yeah. and out every day. Anyway, yeah. I mean, just just yeah. a quick refresher with what happened to my mother in 2019. She goes into a hospital. 
for a gastrovirus, goes in September, comes out in a body bag in December. During that time, um, first of all, it started where a doctor had, uh, after three weeks, she's nearly to come out. He stopped all her vital medication. We noticed a problem. So, of course, we brought it to their attention, and that's when it all started. How dare we complain? How dare we bring it to their attention? And as things uh, went through the days, uh, basically they started to not let us know what's going on with mum. We weren't, we weren't allowed to make phone calls. We weren't allowed to come in and see her. So basically what they did, when it really came down to it, um, about two months later, when we realised, hey, what's going on here? We need to get her out of this hospital. We, you know, let, let this poor woman go, okay? You can't treat her, obviously. And we could see she has been drugged day in, day out. I mean, my poor mother, I promised her that, Mum, I promise you we'll get you out of this hospital. She was trying to communicate, and she did what she could at that stage. Therese, back up, uh, Therese, yes, back up so off much. the phone a little bit. We're getting a lot of blowback. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is that a little bit better? That's, yes, is that it better? is. Okay, sorry. Yes. So, so, so basically, in brief, Mum goes into hospital. They take possession of her. They put her under guardianship. Within, within, honestly, within an hour, my brother was her guardian for nine years. No problems whatsoever. When we started to see what was going on in that hospital, the abuse and so forth, they literally jumped out of the way. We were thrown out of the hospital with security all around the, um, the ward, locked the ward, would drive to see our mother, you name it. Why not let our mother go? Why Why yes. take an innocent, bloody life of this innocent woman who was, honestly, she was at the wrong place at the wrong time. They did not like to be questioned. You know, we, uh, you know how many times I went crazy going to all the par- par- parliamentarian politicians here in Australia. Nobody would bloody listen. Everybody just passed the bucket. I could have saved mum that whole month beforehand, but no one would listen because I didn't realise at that stage this is racketeering. We were like, yes. literally in bloody stuff. This is where people have to wake up. Listen to people who have been through hell. My brother and I have been through hell and we are still going through hell. Having lost our mother, a, a woman that had just had a birthday who was so happy. You know what I mean? It's just so surreal. It's still so hard. I talked to my brother and he says to me, I still can't believe our mother is gone. I said, I know she has gone. What can we do? So we are trying to get justice. What's happening is my my brother's been dealing with the court part of it, and he's taken it a couple of times to the the court of appeal to basically so we can um, they can grant us leave in order to to pursue the matter in what happened to mum. And look, okay, I'm going to say I believe, but I'm sure people can read through what I'm saying. Yeah, I believe they premeditated my mum's death. So. There you go. Yeah. But we saw exactly what happened to our mother. Drugged, drugged, drugged. And w- mm-hmm. with the last two um, court of appeal, the, the so-called judge or whatever you want to call these people, I'm sorry, I have no respect for anyone who does not see what is really going on. It was it was literally thrown out. And the last one that I went to with my brother, I, I requested that, if you don't mind, can I please? Because he's saying, why... Why should I grant you the appeal? And, and my brother's talking, wow, he's giving him all these answers. But you know what? He's already got the answer. 
You know, he's not interested. And I had to literally insist, please give me the chance to tell you why. So I started speaking and, and going through softly the sequence of events that were taking place in the hospital. Well, the minute that started, shut up, Therese, sit down. I didn't want to shut up, but my brother told me you better or he's going to hold you in contempt. And that was it. And then that was refused. And he was supposed to be the so-called um, president. Well, you know what? He was not interested in the truth. None of these guys are interested, so we're still pursuing it. We're just hoping one day some form of justice can come through here. I mean, so many people are going through this. So many people are losing their families. People like Christina saying, the kidnapping, everything. I mean, wake up, everybody around the world. This is happening. And as Christina said, once they grab you, you cannot escape. You know how many times we were threatened? Mm -hmm. We were scared. I mean, I mean, we were scared. Don't get me wrong. I mean, can you imagine all these security guards and they're telling you we're calling the police? Although I'm the one that called the police for fearing our lives. David, my mum, for two weeks, everything was fine. But no, they were determined. We are not letting your mother out of that hospital. The last week, and I know I've mentioned this before, I contacted the CEO of that bloody hospital. Honestly, I don't know how he sleeps at night because he would not even, he wouldn't even reply to my email. He wouldn't take my call. I was willing to sit there with him and, and, and beg him, just let our mother go. Why are you taking our mother? And then we get the call in the morning once she was completely dead that your mother has died. And then you get a nurse there at the day telling you, oh, look, don't worry, but I was with her when she took her last breath. Well, for goodness sake, why didn't you do something? Because the public guardian and the doctors said do not resuscitate. But we wow. have previous letters confirming, confirming in bloody writing, excuse my language, but I, I really get really angry. It brings back the nightmares, saying that we will resuscitate. Well, they only did that to shut us up, nothing more. And in the last week before mum's life was taken, a nurse telling us, well, your mother is definitely going to die this week. Um, one of the doctors telling us that, hey, you know, if I wanted to take your mum's life, I could easily do it. I mean, for goodness sake, what the hell does that tell you? People have to wake up. We've got proof. We've got it. We've got, like, video recordings. We've got, you know what I mean? We've got so much. But the problem we've been having here, because they know that this is severe, if this gets out, it's like opening Pandora's box, they are scared. They don't want us to give, give, just give us a chance in front of a jury. And I guarantee those responsible will get what's coming to them. And they need to. There needs to be a precedent where these people who do what they do to the elderly or to anyone, any innocence, any vulnerable, they need to be put behind bars. They don't realize that when you take, when you take a loved one from like us, for example, They've taken our mother. We we're a very close family. It's like they've, ta they've cut us up and it's hard to, to, it's hard. The wound is open and it can never close. We need justice and people need to really, again, I say, listen to what we've got to say here because it, this is real. It really yes. is real. Oh, yeah. It yes. is. Um, I, I have a point. 
question in Australia, like how are your judges like, do you do elections like they do here in the U.S. or are they appointed? I know some U.S. No. judges are appointed. No. How is that done? No. What do you see? Just how sinister this racket is. You have the attorney generals in each state. Okay, you have the attorney, and there are some good judges that have thrown cases out, but we've seen uh, some judges that are, are handpicked. So what happens here, we don't have elections with judges. The attorney general of the state, so the attorney general picks the judges. So they handpick all the judges. Now, the tribunal is not run by, they're not heard often by judges. So the attorney general also picks these tribunal members that adjudicate on guardianship cases. So the Attorney-General of the state, of that current government, picks the tribunal member. These tribunal members sit on committees that influence the legislation, the legislation that they, they adjudicate on. Do you see how it's a closed-knit circle? Do you see how it goes round? Mm -hmm. There are no separation of powers. So we don't have... Like in the U.S., I know that um, the the judges are often elected in some of the states. We don't have that here at all. This is so circular. So if I'm the Attorney General of the state, all I would do uh, is uh, pick a, oh, a tribunal member that knows basically what they need to do, okay, which is to, um, uh, you know, take over the affairs and the decision-making of a particular person. And remember, mm -hmm. who benefits from the capturing of these estates in Australia? The Attorney General, that, that government. So the Attorney General picks the tribunal members. They also pick the judiciary in this country. And the decisions these tribunals make, surprise, surprise, benefit the state. So we're in a real big trouble here. We don't have any separation at all um, in our in our um, uh, separation of powers at all in Australia. We are really under under attack. So you know, and then you go to the Attorney General's office and you walk in and you say, "Hey, I have a problem in regards to guardianship," and they always say the same thing: "We can't help you." You know, the, the tribunal is independent and they have to act the way they see fit. Yet your office has selected these clowns to do this, okay? That's why we call it state and territory sanctioned abuses. They have set this up. They pick the attorney general. The attorney general picks the tribunal members. They pick the guardians. They pick the trustees. These guys come in like the Gestapo. They do what they do. And the state sits back and says, well, we can't do anything about it. But it comes from the government. It comes from the state. This is where the source is. This is the cause of the problem. Our state is, has caused this. Our state is legislating these abuses. Our state is empowering these triads, basically, to give them unlimited, unmonitored powers. So the, the Attorney-Generals cannot sit back and say, sorry, it's not our, our problem. It is your problem because you created this. You created the legislation. Yes. You have given these, these, these creatures immunity to act in any way they see fit. That's the problem here. That's the problem, the state. And we're in big trouble. We are in big trouble. We're Far worse not. than America. I have to say we that. Are. We can't speak. We can't say the names of our loved ones. We can't go to the media. This is not what an accident. You, you can't, can't say do the anything. Names? 
You can't no, say the name of I your family tell member. You. If I identify nothing, nothing. If I identify the name of our loved one, I will be prosecuted. They have it under the guise of protection. We're protecting this person from whom? Who are they? Well, they're covering up an abuse. Actually, actually, they're telling the truth. They're protecting the guardian who has assumed that identity. That's what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. It isn't it is your a story. They're protecting. It, it would, this would bring That's out right. the That's fact exactly right. that that, person, that identity was transferred to someone else, this guardian, and they would That's be identified. Right. Exactly. That this would blow the lid off of the whole thing. Yeah, go ahead. And this is this is something that I've, I've that, that all of us have looked into. That we are seeing that there's no due process. You're not going into a courtroom. Most people don't even know a hearing has taken place or they've been drugged. We have the, the case of there's a gentleman on our side at the moment and there is a lovely lady, Yana, who wants to have a one-on-one with you as well, Marty. She wants to come on your show sure. to tell you her horror story. Um, she's been waiting online, but, you know, her data's running out. But I said to Yana, you need to go on the show, you know, spend an hour, an hour and a half just to tell your story if you'd like. And she's, she's willing mm-hmm. to do that. You've got... Okay. Her story is very powerful. She hasn't seen her mother. Then you've got a young a young gentleman. His mother goes into hospital, bladder infection. He's concerned about mum. And the social worker scoops in. They put an ankle, or not an ankle, a, a, a monitor on her arm. She was branded, basically, in a secured facility so she couldn't escape. And... A guardianship hearing was held. There were false allegations made against him that he was abusing his mother. You don't need evidence in this. They yeah. just made that allegation no. in the hearing. Yeah, exactly. He just stood back and thought, what is going on here? Okay, they call him an abuser. Under half an hour, I think an hour, they remove this poor woman's human rights. She's, we've got footage of this woman reading her order saying, they've made me, they've turned me to be mental. She's looking at her son, she says, what have they done? And he goes, mum, they have guardianised you. And he couldn't believe it. And he's asked, he's asked for written reasons. They won't give him any reasons. They won't tell him. It's all, now, sorry, they're telling him, you don't, that's not your mother anymore. You have to come through us. Now, he is struggling to get his mother out of this situation. And he, re- he said, mm-hmm. Chris, this is a well-oiled machine. This is like bang, yes. bang, bang, bang. I said, yes, they target you, they remove your rights, and you never escape. And that's, and that's the scary part about it, that yeah. you see it. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, I witnessed it. And he said... And I can't. And he's in a state that if he speaks out, once his mum passes, the her case will be closed for sixty years. He can't speak about it for sixty years. This is how wow. deep this problem is. And and in the order as well, they can change mum's will if they want to. Yes, she's lost capacity, but she can change her will. How does that work? Yes. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. And, and you read this, and it's real. Yeah. And then that's the whole thing there, too. Another thing that's going on behind the scenes on this that is just now starting to bubble to the surface. Um, and this started probably in earnest back 10 years ago. 
but they are using the elderly for organ harvesting, even though they are elderly and they might be ill. Many of their internal organs are still usable, at least on a uh, temporary basis, and if nothing else, for research, scientific research. And we have that uh, petition on here uh, two years ago from Alabama that realized, and a very well-recognized, respected man, and he started realizing that many of the uh, bodies he was preparing for were missing things like bones and tendons and their insides. And he told a friend of his about it who sent him to the FBI. The FBI came in and ended up he was a whistleblower. He, of course, is now out of a job. He, you know, it, it's it's just terrible. But they, they are raiding bodies for tissue, for blood, for organs for whatever they get out of them for god knows what just like they do with aborted babies they're selling the parts and this has become a huge thing we had a a bill passed here called the anatomical gift act which basically says you're an organ donor whether you want to be or not and but it's a gift you know somebody's going to make money but it ain't going to be you or your family and but this this is another ugly part of this that's surfacing. And when I spoke about them composting human bodies, Washington State was the first. Theirs goes into effect May 1st that they start composting human bodies. It's like with this COVID thing. They are cremating the bodies because that way there's no evidence. There is no mm-hmm. evidence. You burn the evidence up. And uh, so, but this thing, I'm telling you, this is... This is starting yeah, to get so What you're creepy. saying is true, Marty. Yes. Well, what you're saying is true, and I'll tell you why. It sounds conspiratorial. It sounds like we're thinking, you know, outside the box, all oh, these people are crazy. Someone who's probably mm-hmm. tuned in thinking, oh, they can't do that. There is legislation yeah. in Western Australia, and it's very clear, this legislation. Uh, it was passed uh, in 2020, and we were advertising, I think it was 6th of April 2020, where, when COVID broke out. And they uh, passed this legislation that they can test on you. They can remove... This is all in writing. This is... I, yes. It's the guardianship. If I pull it up now, I can see the act. And it's the WA... Let me just find it. But it is, it is legislation where they can test on you, where they can, um, they can remove tissue. That means organs. They, and all that's needed is for the guardian to approve it. And if you look at the legislation, how easy it is. It basically, if you don't allow us, this, this is people who lack capacity to give consent. Now, what they'll do yeah. is the family don't allow that person, that victim, to be tested, to be utilised for pharmaceutical right. reasons. They will just employ a public guardian of Western Australia. They will override the family and they'll do it anyway. And under that legislation, if you have a problem, guess where they direct you? To a tribunal. Now, we know what's going to happen in that tribunal, don't we? That tribunal will rubber stamp it. It's a show trial. These These are the special... and. It's a show trial. It's all set up. Everything is being geared in this country to go to these horrible tribunals that that are not courts of law, that lack due process of law, okay? And 
this is our lives. This is our, our, our children, our parents, you. This well, is your life. They can do it. It's under law in Western Australia. Well, see, and the way they do it here is through Obamacare. And when you go to go into the hospital, and in fact, even now when you go to your doctor's office, and they always have the, the back of the monitor facing you and say, it's just a standard admin, it's just a standard form allowing us to treat you. You make them print it off and give you a hard copy and sign that hard copy. Make them give you a copy because you want to mark out the words biogenics, biologics, uh, no research, no experimentation. Because otherwise, if you just sign that, you have agreed like we don't vaccinate under any circumstances. Of course, we don't have ADHD, autism, or any of the other things associated with that. But nonetheless, and but under biologics and biogenics both, they can vaccine you to death. And uh, you gave them consent. Don't sign those forms unless they will print it off and let you read what you are signing. You will be shocked at what you are actually signing and agreeing to. And this is across the board here. Yeah, even at the doctor's office. When they say, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just a standard form allowing us to treat you. No. You print it off then. Well, it's just a standard form. Well, then there should be no problem. <laughs> and You're right. I've got a printer sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Well, for heaven's sakes, just sign it. Yeah, just as soon as you put a hard copy out here on the desktop, I sure will. And uh, it's they don't want to do it. Yeah, it's far more sinister here. It's far more a temporary illness, Marty, and cause a temporary illness. Um, and you can be a, a guinea pig. And when you look at this, I deal because for me, I need to see it in writing. I'm that type of person where I, 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 I hear something. Now, when it comes to vaccines, I am, I, I won't take any vaccine, but I'm pro-choice. Yeah. If you want to do that, that's your, you, you want to do yep, it, go exactly. ahead. But for me, for me, what's happened for me is there's just, just too much of a mix between big pharma and, um, and, uh, you know, where, there, where there's money, there's corruption, I, I really believe. Yes. And I don't trust a lot of what they're peddling. And when my gut says, mm, that's for me. But I've always been pro-choice. I think if someone wants to do it, that's their choice. What I am against is forcing people who don't want to take a vaccine. I'm very much against people being forced to do anything against their will. Even if they've lost capacity, there are many people who have disabilities, mental disabilities, that does not give us the right to treat them uh, like guinea pigs, it does not give us the right to abuse them. Um, there are least restrictive alternatives. If someone lacks, it always comes down to mental functioning capacity. If someone is, I'm not against guardianship either. I'm against guardianship abuse. That means if mm. someone needs a guardian, the best person should be a love, a trusted loved one. And how how do you prove that? Mm-hmm. Well, history shows you if that person has loved that person or not. That I mean, the they're ignoring all that. It's almost like family family have been defined as the enemy. We are the enemy, and a complete stranger, you know, who has quote no skin in the game, can be trusted. No, they can't be trusted because they have an ulterior motive as well and they do have skin in the game and you follow the money and you will find their motives. No one does this for free. No one comes in out of nowhere to be a guardian because they care, okay? There's something in it, okay? And they remove the family 
they might use them to test them on them. And we know Big Pharma like to test on, on our vulnerable people. That's been going on for decades. Um, there's money involved. And now we see vulnerable young people in Australia being used as mules, mules for, for NDIS. And they're capturing them, locking them up in homes. One of the protesters was protesting there. She hasn't seen her daughter in six months. I'm sure you've all seen that video of that young deaf girl being removed from her home based yeah. on a tribunal order. No due mm. process. I contacted that. I spoke to the, that family. I spoke to, texted that, that young lady. She doesn't want to be in a, in a group home. I have that evidence. Well, that doesn't matter. They snatched her from her home and, they, and we have not seen her again. Where is she? Where is this girl? And we have talked about this, Marty. They isolate and then trauma-based bonding techniques, these cold techniques of mind control. She doesn't want you anymore. She doesn't want to see you anymore. They'll tell right. the mothers, okay? They've kidnapped yep. these kids. They're kidnapping. Yeah. They're kidnapping. And they do this. What else they do, you, this do you want to call it? Yeah, they do this to the elderly as well. And the other thing they do is called cocooning. And they take their glasses, their hearing aids, any dentures they might have. Uh, they put them in a room by themselves, no TV, radio, and many times not even a window. And if there is, they keep the curtains drawn across it. And they isolate them this way. And, of course, the, the mental deterioration is severe. We are not animals that can endure this. And then, as you say, Chris, they come in and say, well, you don't see your family here, do you? They don't care. They don't want to see you. They don't care about you. I'm the only one who does. You better do what I tell you, because if I leave, there's not going to be anybody. And then what's going to happen? And they do this to these people every single day. Nothing these people do is for the good of anybody but themselves. And it's to enrich themselves, it's to make money, it is care about the lives they destroy. And this doesn't just destroy the victim, it's a downstream effect. It affects the family, it affects the community. Uh, everybody is affected by what this one guardian will do to one individual. And these families have been tormented and tore apart, bankrupted yeah. and everything, trying to fight the system. And... There, and like I say, for our state and federal government to sit there and turn a deaf ear and a blind eye to this and feign disbelief or knowledge of and all of this, they know mm -hmm. exactly what's going on. They help put yeah. it in place. Well, yeah. Well, you know, in Australia, of course, as as we all know, that um, they, they say that the Guardian is only appointed as a last resort, which is absolute rubbish, even when their so-called Guardian is appointed. Yeah, it's, they, they, are, they are so in fear because they know they're doing wrong, yet they've got no conscience. They still continue to do it. We were supposed to go meet them, and then all of a sudden, no, no meeting. They wouldn't even, when we spoke to them on the phone, trying to liaise with them, no names, no nothing. They were in fear because they knew that they are committing criminal offences against innocent people. That's, what, that's why, and they put in the guardians for one reason. So, that, yes, they can take over the, the human right of the innocent and then they, they can tell the doctors you do this. They work within the hospital, within the doc, with the doctors. They work with them specifically to control that patient. And if they don't want that patient alive, as we all know in my mother's case, that person is dead. That's it. People do not realise the extent of the horrific 
situations that we are facing on a daily basis. And realistically, we are all in danger, in big, big danger. And this is why, like, ASCA is doing as much as they can to reach out, and just like yourself, Marty, you know, reaching out to people, trying to wake them up to what the hell is going on around us. It's very, very sad. And it's like sometimes it's just so surreal. You get up in the morning, you think, yep. is this really happening? Yes, my mum yeah. was taken from us. She didn't have to go. Mm-hmm. And, and she's one of so many people. This has to stop. This is our government well, are put in place for what? To, to terminate lives? Just, just yes. They don't want to take care of them. And that's like, you know, you reach an age where you're no longer taxable. And that isn't a bad thing. You've been paying taxes all your life. But you're no longer taxable. So as far as the government's concerned, you have no value. And you're a waste exactly population. Right. And I read a mm-hmm. book some years ago, coming back from D.C. actually. I picked it up in the airport after a delay. And it was called White Trash, an untold history of the United States, 175 years of history they never tell you about preceding slavery or modern-day slavery, mm-hmm. what we call modern-day and but one of the things I noticed in reading through the book and the author points out is that this culling of the population is a cyclical thing. And they like England during that time cleared the streets of orphans and widows and poor people and shipped them over here to work on these big plantations set up by these noblemen when they discovered America, you know, because nobody wanted it. Nobody was here except the Indians, and they were not at all cooperative. And so they did, and then the government bragged about how it had been such a boom to the economy that they got rid of all these people, and when they ran short, they went into prisons. And the people who were in there for petty crimes, they could be indentured servants and buy their way out maybe eventually if they didn't get worked to death first. But people who were criminals, hardcore criminals, they were sold as slaves. And Mm. when they got done there, they went to Ireland. They got done with Ireland. They started for France, and the king of France said, you show up here, and we're going to have a war. And – but – she, the, the author of this book, she's a professor, she goes through these cycles where these governments go through this process of culling the population, getting rid of what they consider to be waste populations. And anybody who isn't paying taxes anymore is considered a waste population. When our own government mm. refers to us as human capital, I, I get the chills. Um, of course. You know, course. our human capital... Mm. What if, you know, do you remember back when I'm of an age where it used to be the personnel department you went to, and then all of a sudden everybody converted to human services? Well, what other kind of services would you be providing there? Um, this you know, human were, services. Yeah. But we, we've been, the, this language and the use of language and how people perceive things. Language, John LaCrona always tells me all the time, words have meanings. Look up those words. And like I say, yes. to refer to the, to the public as human capital, as something to be used, to be bought, sold, and traded, and they have commodified us. We are commodities. They buy, sell, and trade us on every level. And in the interim, before we retire, they extort us for massive taxes to keep their stuff funded. And it's it's so sick. I don't know. 
if as common populations we can survive this, I don't know that we will. But I know this virus was intended to take out a massive number of elderly. And yeah. it has done a pretty has yeah. done a pretty good job so far. But I don't think these mm-hmm. people died of any virus. I think they were intentionally done in and we said, Oh, it was COVID. Uh that's mm-hmm. what I think. Uh you know, I truly do think that. And uh, you know when that first started over here, Chris and Therese, mm-hmm. supposedly yeah. out in Washington State, not far from Bill Gates's plantation, in a nursing home. Thirty-six people died really? of COVID, and they couldn't figure yeah. out how it got in there because nobody had been out of the country, or, you know, nobody did anything. And then later mm-hmm. on, when somebody said, "Wait a minute, what the hell's going on here?" Uh, they said, "Oh, they identified patient zero, but they never said who it was, or how this got into this nursing home." The thirty-six people dead within a two-week period, and then they moved to New York, and we see what happened there. And yeah. Every Everywhere it's reported globally, the nursing homes are prime ground. And then the flu vaccine from last year seems to be the primer for whatever this is. And there were four strains of SARS SARS virus loaded into it. And the fourth one was this terrible pneumonia. The Department of Defense here identified those four strains. But it didn't take off just like SARS didn't take off or MERS didn't take off like they thought it was going to. And I think that was the problem. But they've just covered it up by killing a huge number of the elderly. And people, you know, it kills me. People say, "Uh, it's real. I've seen it. Where did you see it at? Well, my friend's mother died from it. Were you there? Well, no. But I said, then you didn't see anything. You don't know what she died of. And I said, it's common knowledge when you come in and they mention the word COVID, any treatment for any other condition like heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, any of that, is stopped immediately. And all they treat you for, if they're treating you for anything, is supposedly COVID. And these people died. I wonder why that was. We've had two nurses here talking about how people have come in in the middle of a massive heart attack. (laughs) They won't lift a finger to help them. And then when they die, they write COVID on the death certificate. We have a family right here in Georgia who the young man's mother had a brain aneurysm. They had her in the hospital, and they had the chart up on the wall, and he just happened to be thumbing through it. They had her written down as COVID. It's worth $12,500, that diagnosis. And But here they're treating her for COVID, but they're not taking care of the brain aneurysm. And so, I mean, we're I, – I don't know. This is – I'm scared for all they of us, I, and I mean that in yeah. earnest. I am scared for all of us. It's disgusting. Yeah. Putting oh, the fear mm-hmm. in, putting, sorry, mm-hmm. they're just putting the fear in people. That's what they've been doing. Like you said, anything that comes out, oh, my God, it's COVID. Don't do this. Don't do that. And a lot of people, yeah. unfortunately, fall for it because they're so scared. They don't know any better. They haven't seen what's been going around. But I, I look at it this way. After what I've seen, what happened to my poor mother, and and what's going around at the moment and so many people, what they're going through is that they're using, yes, they're using COVID as that excuse to get yes. rid of so many elderly, so many vulnerable, innocent people. And then everyone's falling for it. I mean, when this COVID thing was going on, I go into a dress shop. I just had, um, so, you know, sometimes you get stressed and then and you can't, your, your nose gets totally blocked. Mine was so blocked. The lady turns around and says to me, 
oh goodness, you know, move away. Have you got COVID? I said, no, it's called anxiety and I'm okay. And I'm thinking, oh my God, are these people, these people are really getting so conditioned. And the minute something goes down, if one person's got so-called COVID, then what do they do? Everybody runs, runs straight away to get tested. They all run to get to get the the COVID vaccine. Everyone can do whatever they want to do. That is their preference. But I'm sorry, I'm not stupid. I can see, after what I've seen with what happened to my mum, I don't believe anything. I don't trust anyone. Very, very rare that I let anybody into my life because you don't know who's listening, what they're doing. Look, they're probably listening now and they're saying, oh, God, let's go after her or whatever. You know what I mean? That's what society has become. That's being realistic here. So you can't just sit in fear. You just can't do it. Well, and I agree. And I I make it a point, just like with masks, I have refused to put one on. I will not wear one. And yep. a lady at the store walked up to me and said, she said, you're not wearing a mask. I said, oh, you noticed. And she says, well, don't you think you should? And I said, well, I actually had several encounters, but in this particular one, I said, well, I have spent my life avoiding doing anything intentionally stupid. But you do what you I want. Love it. And exactly. um, so another later, lady had confronted me the same way. And she said, you should wear a mask. And I said, no. I said, you know who Cat Williams is, don't you? <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a black comedian. Yeah. She said, yes. Yeah. And I said, well, I have the same allergy he does. I'm allergic to stupid shit. And I walked off. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love it. It's good to but have it's a little just, bit of humor, uh, considering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing with COVID. It is an Thank interesting. You. It is an interesting issue. Sorry, I think yes. I'm getting feedback. Sorry, it's, it's an interesting yes. thing with COVID. I think with with our view, Asgard's view on COVID, and, and in terms of the vaccine, what concerned us is we believe obviously in free choice. That's up to the person. But what concerned us in Australia were two issues, and the one issue was. Um, people being individuals being tested under guardianship that's very important to us that people who lack capacity Mm. to be being used as test dummies for big pharma is a very very concerning issue for us Um, and families being denied the right uh, to have a choice regarding their loved ones who are under public guardianship that's very concerning so if the family do want their loved one to be to take a vaccine or don't you know that's their choice but when a public guardian makes that choice that really concerns us from our organization's mm-hmm. perspective the other issue that concerns us in terms of um the the vaccine issue and and like i said i'm, I'm pro-choice and and i know asgar is but our concern is that there is no um, compensation scheme mm-hmm. in australia if something goes wrong now Someone has Mm -hmm. decided to take that vaccine and that is their choice and then something goes horribly wrong. Uh, We sent a letter to Greg Hunt. Um, Chris Chris Jenkinson sent a letter on behalf of our group asking, is there a compensation scheme? And that's what concerns us. And they wrote back and said, no, we have a generous social security system and at modern hospital facilities that will assist Um, you know, people who suffer adverse effects. Now, the reality is if you suffer an adverse effect, and there are people who do, 
okay, relying on our Centrelink system that's already collapsing and our hospital system that can easily just vanish you under guardianship is not appropriate. That scares me, looking at that saying, if I complain in hospital, I've had an adverse review, I'm going to sue the government. Well, all they have to do is guardianise me. I That's lose right. my identity. Mm-hmm. And then, and then okay. you know, there's no complaint because the guardian's not going to complain. The Crown is not going to sue the Crown. So when it comes to the, the, the numbers, when it comes to COVID and so on, there's no... The raw data is so skewed up that we don't really know what's going on, what's correct, what's not. I know a nurse in one of the hospitals who actually told me that, and this, and we've got this, this uh, the video of our uh, chief health officer. He has confirmed this. Anyone carrying the so-called COVID virus, even if they've died of dementia or of uh, a heart attack or of anything like of that nature, they will be classified as a COVID death. That already indicates to me that the raw data, and I don't know by how much, and I'm not going to guess, that the raw data is already being manipulated. The problem is, like Therese said, if you start using those numbers and start scaring a population, and people are dying, people are dying, there's no doubt about people are dying, but... We need to compare that to other deaths, and that's the problem. There's no comparison. If you start repeating largely, okay, that people are dying, people get scared, what the media's not doing, and they should be doing this, is comparing Mm. it to the annual death rate, say, of the flu, so we can have a comparison. The annual death rate to, say, heart attacks, the annual death... And then we can put things in a little bit... We can make up our own minds, and we can put those numbers in perspective but because there's no comparison and every morning we wake up to COVID, 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 we're living in perpetual fear and governments know fear controls people, you see. So it's all, they're they're bringing in those old tactics all over again. I won't take a COVID vax, that's my personal choice. Uh, There's another member in our group, there's a few members that have taken the AstraZeneca and that's fine, that's their choice. I've always said that. My concern and our concern as our organisation are twofold. One, people who lack capacity being used as test dummies and two, that there's no safety net. If something does go wrong, there should be a safety net. Now, there are in other countries, but in Australia there isn't and because there isn't in Australia... We're attracting the likes of big, big Pharma coming here saying, oh, we've got live ones, and I don't like that. I think that's really, I think public guardianship and vaccines work hand in hand, and that's concerning yes. from our perspective. Well, you know, over here, um, because you voluntarily consented to an experimental vaccine, they consider it informed consent, if you become injured or you're murdered by it, you have nowhere to go. Your insurance company will not cover any injury from an experimental vaccine. If you volunteered, voluntarily stood up and took that shot or a series of them and you suffered injury, your health insurance will not cover it because you volunteered for this. And, you know, people don't understand, oh, well, I've got insurance. It won't cover this. Call your insurance company and ask them. And, uh, well, I want to be safe. So stay away from me because whatever you've got, apparently you can transmit, and I don't want it. And um, 
it just you know that you talk about mainstream media it's just like in the guardianship thing this the recent movie i i care a lot about guardianship mm. was it was a it was a fictionalization of several cases actually but very accurate except for the part where they portrayed the judge as some sort of fruit fly that didn't know <laughs> what was going on because it's the judge who facilitates everything it's the judge who makes sure it all works. And these are usually just hearing examiners and ministerial clerks. They are not judges. Judge, the connotation is you're dealing with law. These people are not judges. And, but, you know, this, this whole thing, you can't get mainstream media to cover it. We've had several media contacts. And when we have approached them, they're all gung-ho to cover these stories. And then all of a sudden, they were told, they shut mm-hmm. me down. I can't. I can't do it. That's exactly. And what they, they do. Yeah, you're right, mm-hmm. buddy. Yep. And you know the, yep. the pro the problem is you know you know obviously our trust in government has totally gone. I mean, let let us get old, you know, and just leave us alone for goodness sake. I mean, you know, you grow up, you work, you work hard, and and so forth, and then as you get older, you just want peace. Not to look forward to guardianship and getting murdered, so to speak. Who looks forward to that? I mean, why do we choose these governments, for goodness sake? You know, just just leave us alone. Leave us alone. And as for the media, yes, I do know they are governed by the government and higher authorities who stop them from from coming out and, yes, talking about the truth. They know exactly what's going on. They They just fear the consequences. How many times they yes. wanted to do my story? All of a sudden, uh-oh, we're not going to do it now. Why? Because it's coming from the top. That's it. That's, that's yeah. reality. Yep. And it really sickens me. Yep. And and people here have been told that also. It's coming from the top. Um, you know, we can't do it and everything. I, I can't, to tell you the truth, I can't even listen or watch mainstream news, if you want to call it that. I get so angry within a few minutes, I, and it's just all BS. It's just all BS, and uh, that is, I, I just right. can't. I can't do it. Uh, our days of uh, David Brinkley and Chet Huntley are long gone. But um, and they all, you know, they all just. Uh, what do I want to say? The, the, the idea that these people sit up there and read these scripts they're handed because these are not journalists or reporters. They're talking heads, and read these scripts, and they have, there again, no conscience about the misinformation they're giving out. And and I would think this guardianship thing, as ugly as it is, pervasive as it is, and as much of a conspiratorial racket that it is, this is headline news, yet they won't say a word about it. Um it's just absolutely. They'll do little fluff pieces and interview somebody, and it lasts about thirty seconds to a minute, and that's it. I'm sorry, you owe us more than that, exactly. and uh, that's just how I feel. You owe us more than that. But you know, just um, just sort of looking looking back about something that happened um, a few months back. Um, a particular journalist spoke to me because I had. I had gone to this particular journalist and said what was going on with my mum and how they entrapped her and then they took her life and so forth. Then I get a call saying, oh, you know what? I mean, the journalist did believe what I was saying, right? 
But then when it happened to this so-called journalist with um, one of her parents, basically, you know what? She was very lucky she was able to get her father out in time. So what I'm saying is people do know what's going on. People are scared. Sometimes they don't know what to do. But look, realistically, this guardianship rubbish has to be thrown out. These tribunals are an absolute joke. Absolute joke. You're dealing with human lives. You're making decisions for people that, you know what I mean? They don't want you to make decisions for us because who are these people? They're all in it together anyway. You know what I mean? We've got no rights anymore, Marty and Christina, and you know that. Our rights are completely gone. Yeah. Our human rights, mm-hmm. we've got no freedom of speech or nothing. They don't want to listen we to don't the have truth. They know it's happening. We just, uh, we we don't have rights. Yeah. I think there's an illusion in Australia that we have human rights. Uh, we don't have the rights like in America. We don't have a Bill of Rights. What we have here are uh, legislation that when we turn 18, we are accorded rights to drive, sign contracts, marry, um, and there's an assumption that we have at 18 the requisite capacity to make those decisions. We don't have real rights. We regard, we refer to rights in legislation, especially in Victoria. They give regard to the UN conventions. They don't have to adhere to any conventions. And what's concerning me, there's two things that concern me. One, I believe in the US we're going to see the private guardianship system become more public because I think government's going to start to realise we can make money out of this so we don't want these attorneys to do it. And I believe it's going mm-hmm. to turn into model more into an Australian system, which is one of the most dangerous systems in the world. Um, I, be- I really believe that because our governments are the ones targeting our vulnerable. It is not... The lawyers are just bottom feeders in this industry. Yeah. They just make a bit of yeah. profit and, 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 and they make money. And, and we're seeing a model in Victoria where private administrators are stepping in. Um, and when your government targets you, this is where accountability is shot through. You can't sue the Crown in, in Australia. It's too difficult. So, I mean, how do you ask the Crown to prosecute itself? How do you ask the Crown Crown to investigate itself. How do you ask the Crown to do that? And that's the problem we face here. These tribunals were set up for first world problems, warranty problems. Great, they're good, they work for those. But they, they should not be, the governments have seen their advantage and now they're, they're using them in regards to vulnerable people and their lives. Absolutely, you know, lack of due process. They have to be stopped. Um, in that regard. But what we're seeing is we're seeing, I believe, the US will go towards our model because governments are broke and it's, they're more powerful and become more sinister. I also believe that the supportive decision-making they keep to- talking about, they've decided they've got two cards now. So when someone has a UTI infection or a bladder infection or symptoms of, you know, dementia or bipolar and they are acting out against families, they will use the rights card and say they can do that and they'll come down the road and grab them. If that loved one has 
no mental issues or any um, a mental decline. It's a physical illness or they're just okay. They will just come in on the other card, which is undue influence, and they will say this family, this particular person doesn't realise they're being abused by their son, their daughter, their partner, and they will step in. And the reason I say that we're seeing now our governments here push domestic violence and elder abuse reporting, what the public is not aware of is that these matters will be heard in a tribunal and that person will be guardianised and become a ward of state. They've got two cards. They've, they win on both cards. And yeah. once that person is gone, as we know, bye-bye. You'll never see them again. And that's how scary it is. And this is not a conspiracy. It's happening. It's real. And... You know, the stories that we hear every day, you know, validate our arguments. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm happy to speak in a public forum with any of these guardians and tribunal members. But now, as you've seen in one hearing, I have even been thrown out of a case not to represent people, not to assist them. I've been thrown mm -hmm. out, Marty. Oh, wow. What is that? Yeah, that's what that the member said that. I'm biased. I am biased towards yeah, like the tribunal. Not. I'm the secretary. I'm like biased. they're not biased. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what these people up? come up with oftentimes is absolutely is is uh, the I you hear the most ridiculous comments made, the most ridiculous excuses proffered. You see. And and here it is laid out there for everybody to see. You're a thief and you're a human predator. Be shunned. I think they should be ostracized in their communities for what they mm -hmm. are. They are a predator and they are danger to all of us. And I truly I believe that. And uh, it just, uh, <clears throat> I, like I say, I've told people over here, maybe the best thing to do is, you know, it's a couple hundred of us get together and file for emergency guardianship over the guardian. They're obviously a threat <laughs> to the community. And um, mm. see how that works out. And then we'll take all their stuff and make them pay for it. Uh, it just, I'm telling you, girls, we got about four minutes left here. Um, Therese, you have anything you want to add in closing? Oh, basically, thank you again uh, for the opportunity to keep doing that wonderful work that you are doing over there. And, and ASCA is wonderful. And honestly, all I'm saying is, people, please wake up before it does hit you, and then it's going to be too late. So thank you again. Yes. Thank you, Therese, for coming on. Chris? Thank you again, Marty, and cause you know, the opportunity to, um, you know, allow us to vent, I think. Um, you know, I... I we we are looking at as as you know Marty other ways to to expose this and you know it, we are ignored we are suffering from a lot of trolls at the moment so we yes. are being hacked we have been abused by so-called other advocates they're not advocates yes. people who are don't support <laughs> us are not advocates yeah. um, um, you know they don't have to like what we do but they just have to get that message out that we are but yeah. I find this suspiciously silent um, but they're, they're very good at attacking so uh, we're not interested we're just ploughing along and we're going yep. to keep going going forward yes there you go well that's the same yeah. thing we face over here as everyone knows my Facebook page got hacked uh, 7,000 followers oh. boom gone 
And I'm trying to set up a new page now, and people are, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm getting people signed back on and everything. Um, But uh, this, you know, the hacking, somebody tried to shut down the radio shows. Uh, Somebody defaced Mm -hmm. my blog. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. they've interfered with my email. They want me to shut up. It's not going to happen. So you might as well Mm -hmm. give it up. Wherever you take me out one place, I'll pop up somewhere else. But I think it is a indicator that the, of the fact that we are making headway into this that especially mm-hmm. that movie did so much for us it really did uh yeah you know of highlighting to people uh, <laughs> i couldn't hardly get through it because i got so angry uh and like cos said you know encouraging people to watch it who said oh i can't because you know she's watching because the last scene will make you feel good i swear a collective cheer went up from across the country when that guy popped the cap on that woman <laughs> you know and, uh, did they allow that to play in, in were they allowed to play that in australia that movie on netflix yes yes okay. yes we did it was okay. through prime yes Yes. Yeah. 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 It was we through got time. Um, yes, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we got it. We well, got it. Be... It's really, really powerful. Yes. A lot of people yeah. I know have mm-hmm. seen it, and they all said, "Isn't that what you're harping on, Chris, all the time?" I said, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> "Yeah." Yeah. Yes. You're harping. You and Therese and everybody, you're just harping. That's all you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, harping, we got you know? about a and a half left here. And uh, I want to thank you both for taking the time to come on, especially with the time difference. We will be revisiting this. We will have you back whenever it's convenient for you. And uh, you let me know, and Kaz and I will get that up. I want to remind everyone again, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. And this year it will be on Zoom, and Chris will be one of our panelists. So we'll have um, Australia represented and uh, we're gonna gonna put this out. We'll make this go global if it's the last thing I do, and it may be. Um, but <laughs> we're not gonna yep. quit talking. We're not gonna quit exposing it. So you might as well get off the stuff. Something about it. And I don't need any keyboard warriors. Um, if all That's you can great. do is hit like and share, that ain't enough. You need to stand up and present yourself. You need to unify mm-hmm. with the people around you who are fighting this and be supportive to them. Uh, I, like and share just doesn't do much for me at all. But anyway, uh, again, thank you, Therese, Therese and Chris. And Kaz, thank as always, you. thank, thank you. you for being here. Mom. And Thanks, call God, me God. anytime, girls. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. You got my number. This is so informative. I said this was so informative, like just hearing like how the judges are done in Australia. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. we thought it was bad here. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, <laughs> we got ten seconds, girls. Everybody, thank you, and everybody that tuned in. There was a ton of you. Thank you and good night. We'll see you thank next you. Friday. Good night. Good night. Here's the girl power. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.